0: In season three of Industries, we'll explore finance, more specifically banks, larger fintech companies to fintech startups. At the final episode of the series, we'll have a guest who has been through all three segments and will share what is his experience. In the next two episodes, we'll introduce to you five individuals who spoke to us a while back. At the time of the recording, they were an analyst from UBS, a HSBC Private Banking Graduate Analyst, a JP Morgan Analyst, a DBS Associate in Consumer Brand Marketing, and a Morgan Stanley Trader. Before we dive into all their different anecdotes, we thought it's important to take the arduous task of simplifying how banks make money. But feel free to skip this and go straight to the bank anecdotes from HSBC and DBS, if you're familiar in the next episode. We'll go into the bulge, bracket, banks. But first, our partners. Assemble is a group of Telegram channels that focuses on bringing communities together with just a smartphone and the internet. If you're a prospective job seeker in tech or want to explore what else the tech industry has in store for you, they can connect you to the right employers. Just follow them on Telegram at techcareers link is in the description. Oh, by the way, if you're looking to advertise in any of their channels, we're working together and can produce for you both a Telegram shout out and a podcast package. Just drop us an email at onefootin at oneupmediapodcast.com. Email is also in the description. Now back to One Foot In. In a simplified way, banks create money through loans, then make money through interest. You could be putting $10,000 into a bank, of which the bank could take out $9,000 to loan. If you borrow the same $9,000, you effectively have $19,000 worth of assets, which means $9,000 was created. The amount the bank is allowed to loan out depends on the minimum cash balance that regulatory bodies dictate. For Singapore MAS, it is 3% at the time of this recording. This also means the bank could technically loan out $9,700 of your deposit and will earn the interest on this loan. By developing enough scale, banks will always have a pool of money that allows us to withdraw our cash whenever we want. Banks segment their banking structures based on the clients that they service. For us consumers, it will be retail banks. For high-net-worth individuals, it will be private banking. For businesses, it would be commercial banks. Banks are also grouped colloquially into bulge brackets and boutique based on size. We use the term colloquially because there isn't a real definition behind bulge brackets. But it is generally agreed that they have a global presence and manage a huge pool of cash. These banks include Goldman Sachs, Bank of America… Barclays, Citigroup, JP Morgan Chase, Morgan Stanley, UBS and I suppose, depending on which source you look at, many more banks or less. But we wanted to return to the conversation of making money. Because interest payments is a stable but slow way to grow. So banks with large pools of money and large clientels can also offer services. Most popular of all would be investment banking service where they focus on making investments with their own money, client money, or help private companies facilitate public offerings, mergers, and acquisitions. For this, they earn a service fee, which provides considerable margins. Take for example Morgan Stanley's wealth management arm. Its profit margin is at 28% versus an average retail bank at about 14%, according to Bloomberg. While we might have oversimplified it, our point wasn't only to explain how banks work, but to explain why front office roles like investment banks and corporate finance seems to pay more because they have a higher profit margin. This obviously makes it more attractive to you, but not all that glitters is always gold.
1: I found that corporate finance wasn't really for me. I didn't like the long working hours, it's tough, like, stuff, like, so it, it wasn't really for me. Um, and I was ready to like confront that reality. Like.
0: That's Le Yong. He was the NUS business class of 2019 valedictorian. And even for someone like him, he found it tough. He was sharing the challenge in his internship in KPMG M&A, Mergers and Acquisitions, and describing what he did on a day-to-day basis
1: m and basically works on deal making, like if a company wants to like uh, buy another company or the main shareholder wants to sell the company, then they'll get a couple of advisors in and these are mm. what the bankers typically do. So they will have to go very quickly, prepare presentations to the, to the investors to make sure like to pitch the company to them. Basically, you have to do a lot of like pitch decks. You have to work on Excel like a financial model to justify, you know, like what price is right.
0: Investment banking, or IB, is what most people yearn for at the highest tier of finance. And quite frankly, it's over-publicized. A simple search on Google can give you tons of IB day in the life videos. So instead, we wanted to introduce to you roles that exist out of IB. In this episode, we'll introduce to you two different graduates. One in HSBC Graduate Trainee Program, and the other in DBS Consumer Banking. But first, our partners. With Career Tracks by Talent Tribe. Figure out which career path is right for you, how to break in, and how to succeed in them. Whether you're starting out in your career, trying to get a career switch, or just looking to get better in the career path that you're on, you'll find practical advice, insider tips, and hear industry professionals share their personal career journeys. This includes product management, management consulting, data analytics, SEO, inside sales, and over 100 other career paths. Experience career tracks for yourself and learn more about their upcoming webinar. Link is in the description. Glins.com is a great website to connect you to your dream company. With over 1.5 million professionals connected to over 30,000 companies so far. If you are a business owner, Glints also offers recruitment services and offshoring solutions. So go check out Glints.com. that is G-L-I-N-T-S dot Now back to One Foot In. So first up is Keith, who spent time in HSBC, graduate trainee program from 2019 to 2020.
2: I joined as a private banking graduate analyst. So it's essentially a two-year graduate program with HSBC, rotating around different divisions within the private bank. Typically four rotations spanning across six months time period each. Right? It's quite structured. You have a rotation with the investment counseling team. You have a rotation with the relationship management team. Um, An optional rotation as well as one with more of a middle office rotation. So back then, I was rotating across different departments. I did one with like Client Life cycle Management, which is more of a due diligence client onboarding team. I did a rotation with Credit Advisory. I did a rotation with what they call ultra high net worth solutions, where you try to craft new and interesting platforms to cater to ultra high net worth individuals.
0: What do you think is one of the most important things that you would like the listeners to know before they apply for this role?
2: What's important is basically two things. One. Do you like sales? Do you like speaking to people? Do you like facing a client? Because that is a very typical, very standard day-to-day kind of activity that you do eventually in the private bank. And the second thing would be whether you enjoy working in the financial market space. So having, you know, it's very fast-paced, it's very dynamic. You're dealing with new market events, new investment products, um, and so on and so forth, and being able to think on your feet and be being kept on your toes all day, right? So. I think the question is whether you like working in such an environment, you find interest in, you know, if if like every day you read Bloomberg and you see how much S&P opens and closes and you're like, that is super exciting to you, (laughs) then okay, that is for sure an indicator, right? Right. And at the same time, you find yourself rambling on and on like what I do, then you probably do enjoy speaking to clients, then private banking might be a suitable place for you, right? I think to distill it very simply, you are basically selling financial products.
0: Could you share what was the company culture like when you were in HSBC?
2: Honestly, to any large organisation, not just in HSBC, is typically more hierarchical, mm. um, and the reason for it is that I think that's that's how they have been structured. That's what works well for them, right. and that's what helped them to reach the stage that they are in today. So mm. naturally, of course, you are just—I mean, you are just a small fry, right? You aren't going to come in and tell the CEO like, "Hey, let's change this and switch <laughs> things up today." It's, it's not going to happen. Let's
0: switch things right? up today. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's 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 not gonna happen. And I think there are good things about it being very hierarchical because, um, in the sense things are very structured. There is a clear line of progression. You know where to go next. You know who to go to. It's very clear cut, right? So of right. course there are downsides to it, but there are also upsides to it. It's it's very nurturing. Um, it's a graduate program, so they do place mentors for you. That's one. You have senior buddies as well. At the same time, you. Are always, you know, able to talk to your managers at any point of time. And whenever you want to have feedback or you want to review, you can always, you know, you you won't feel sort of afraid or, or, or scared to go up to them. They are generally quite open. So I think that's the culture I gather that most people were just really open in sharing their experiences, uh open in terms of guiding you along, understanding that you are just fresh out of school and just starting out in your first job. And I think yeah, people are just open to um, speak to you and and just understand the different challenges that you have and try to help you and guide you.
0: Next up is Wen Ting who runs consumer brand marketing in DBS.
3: So under the consumer banking group, um, we do like the marketing that the, all the Singapore marketing campaigns. Um, specifically, I'm working on the POSB brand so In the consumer banking marketing team, how we split the current structure is into different brand teams. So whether it's DBS brand or wealth brand or um, platforms marketing, so like Kela, Digibank, all these will fall under that group. And then we have the POSB brand itself. My role developed into segment marketing as well. So marketing to specific segments of people. And this role that I joined was specifically marketing to parents with kids. Yeah,
0: Got it. Is there anything that you would like the listeners to know about this role that you're in before they apply for it?
3: There's a lot of autonomy that is given to you. But I think what is really interesting is because the bank is always moving to um, be more digital, right? So a lot of the campaigns now are are focused on this and then we are driving people to digital. So, I mean, it's really relevant for, you know, the overall global landscape now. Yeah, and it's a very um, dynamic team. So we keep trying to better ourselves.
0: Could you tell us a little bit more about what your company culture is like?
3: For my team, which is the consumer marketing team, I really feel like there's quite a lot of freedom for us to, you know, experiment with stuff, whether we want to create experiments to test hypotheses on what works better, what speaks better to customers, or like for, you know, those campaigns where we reiterate, we want to change stuff and see whether it works better. I I guess all of us have the autonomy to do that. Um, maybe I have a little bit more because I'm in the POSB team, so um, it's a local brand and you kind of have a bit more say or influence in how we want to speak to the consumers. Whereas, um, in contrast, I guess, DBS, we have to kind of align with the regional uh, marketing team in seeing how the bank speak is like across the different campaigns that we have, whether it's regional or local, etc.
0: In the next episode, we'll introduce to you an analyst from UBS, JP Morgan and Morgan Stanley. If you want to learn more finance roles, rest assured that for the next three months, we'll be releasing three more episodes, one per month of industries, where we'll introduce a total of seven more roles across finance, from bulge bracket banks, to payments, to fintech startups. By the way, we know that some of you might not want to wait for the next month's episode and want to hear all of their perspectives earlier. So we can send it to you. If you could help us with these three steps. First, post this episode's link on your LinkedIn. Second, in that same post, share how much this episode helped you. And lastly, tag us at number one, Foot In Podcast. And me, I'm Greg. Yes, I'm a living person. And my LinkedIn is in the description section. After you've done so, rest assured, I'll be dropping a LinkedIn DM summary to you on what they share. Thank you for staying all the way to the end and see you next week.